Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I'm married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as mm-hmm. soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online, and, and I'm in a different part of the country. Mm-hmm. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough, and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then, and you're re- Reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting email this week. He says, Thank you for taking my email in question. My girlfriend and I listen to you on the radio, and she respects your opinion as I do. So here's the question I've been separated for nine months. I'm working on a divorce. Is it okay to date? I believe it is. But she's not comfortable with being around people. And when they are not official. So the truth of the matter is, of course it's not okay to date because you have to close a chapter before you open another one. I mean, I get that we live in an incredibly disposable society where you get tired of something and you move on to something else. But I'm asking my listeners to be people of integrity. And that means you have really clear boundaries and you do a great job of making your life happen in a way that absolutely allows for great integrity. Don't, please don't um, make choices that are messy. Keep them clean. And really wondering if there are other areas in your life where you have difficulty with that too. I know it can be it can be tough to do things with integrity. You know, somebody asks you to do something and it's so much easier to say, Oh, I'm so sorry I can't because and then you make up an excuse. Or your child, your parent, they need you for something. And instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to take care of myself first, you instead pretend you're sick or say you have to work. That's no go in my world. 
do it with integrity. Now, I got to tell you, I do believe that I, I let you know last week it was my birthday, and you all remember that I did the flu shot and the vaccination all at the same time while it was a booster. And I'm here to say and happy to say that everything worked out just fine. You know, other than a couple sore arms, and I don't know which one hurt the most, but it doesn't matter. It's temporary pain. I did all right. And I'll tell you a little secret. My husband is not vaccinated. He doesn't believe that somebody should tell him what to do. And I understand that. I don't like that either. But I also, for me, really believe that it's a it's accountability thing. Um, and so when I say accountability, what I really mean is that I do believe I'm going to be healthier and I'm going to make the world healthier by doing what I'm doing. And so even though I don't like people telling me what to do, I'm okay with going ahead and doing it, and I'm okay with him not doing it. Now, the bad news is he just found out this week that his company of 100, over 100, is actually going to be, unfortunately, um, asking him to vaccinate. You know, here I am, I vaccinated, but he doesn't want to, and I'm, I'm sad for him that he's going to have to do that anyway. But I'm glad for him because I think it's going to keep him healthier. You see all those mixed feelings you can have about somebody that you love? That is the case. And, you know, when you love somebody, you really try to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? I mean, you do. You try to give them the benefit of the doubt because, it's what you've been taught to do, and it's what you want to do, because, of course, you feel like if you give them the benefit of the doubt, um, you'll be saying, I trust you. I trust you in your integrity. I believe that what I do believe is that certainly a marriage has to be made of trust. I'm going to tell you because I'm interviewing Sarah today, and Sarah has had some issues that have come up in her life. She's contacted me. I invited her on the show because she's not sure what to believe in her marriage. And I know from my extensive work with sex addicts and partners that it is really important, very important to build that trust, but that means that the addict, if he's in good recovery, he has to be able to do that, right? And so I'm going to ask you to empathize with Sarah today and and to know how it feels when she doesn't have the trust she needs. And so actually I told her, Hey, Sarah, I will be happy to advise you as if you were sitting in my office getting a full-fledged hour or coaching, whatever we want to say, because we know we can't talk across state lines. So, Sarah, welcome so much to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. How are you doing today? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. I was so glad to have you because you really had quite a few questions to ask, and 
I'm not taking new clients because I'm leaning into retirement. And so I offered you this opportunity, and I was thrilled that you said yes, you would be willing to do that. And for any of our listening audience, if you want to work with me, and I'm not taking clients, if you want to get that consult, give give me an email at carol at carolthecoach.com and let me know what it is that you need, and we can talk about it on the show anonymously. Um, you can use your real name if you want, but you certainly don't have to. And so, Sarah, when you initially contacted me, you had had this experience or he had had this experience, and he was saying, I don't know how that happened. So can you tell our listening audience what transpired that first made you contact me? Um, well, we've been struggling with the issue of porn for a couple of years, and I found out about two years ago. Um, and he's been, he went to counseling initially. Um, mm-hmm. It was just general counseling, not for sex addiction or anything. But um, he's been doing, I think, okay on and off. He's been kind of honest when I ask him if he's done it, but he usually only come, is honest when I have busted him and he knows he's been busted. Uh-huh. So, because he knows when I'm asking that he's been busted for the most part. Um, and I can always tell by how he's acting and he's treating me and different things, so I'll start looking. But recently, um, there was another kind of red flag, so I started digging into some things and I found um, an account to a website called OnlyFans, which is like live camera uh, subscription-based stuff. And he kind of knows like that porn is not okay, but that's really not okay. That's over another line that I have. Um, So when I asked him about it, well, I went to the website and I actually put his username and password in and it opened it up. And inside it, I will say there was no evidence of like any paid subscriptions or anything like that, but I'm sure he could have gone in and deleted that, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, I hadn't seen anything on bank records or anything like that, but he knows I checked those, so I think he would use something else if he were to do it. Right. Um, but story short, he is saying that he did not create the account that he was hacked. Um, and so we've gone round and round. I've asked an ITV friend. They've told me it's slim to none that he didn't create it. Um, so, yeah. So we're, we're there. Um, we've, like I said, we've gone round and round. He's agreed to go to counseling with a certified sex addiction specialist. But good, good. He's still holding. he is still holding to he didn't. And the last conversation we just had, I told him, like, okay, I'm choosing to believe you now, but I, if it comes out later that you're lying, I'm not, it's not going to be okay. Well, and and that makes a lot of sense. So let me just ask you a couple questions about you and ask you a couple questions about him. And, of course, to protect his anonymity, we aren't going to give his name or any specific um, details. How long have you been married? Um, About 18 years. All right. And you found out about the porn addiction how many years ago? About two years ago. That's what I thought you and oftentimes when I'm working with couples or working with a partner, I will talk to them about something called a therapeutic formal disclosure, where you get all the facts about his history 
if you want it. If you don't want it, mm-hmm. it's not something you have to do. But if you do want it, then it can really help to, to find out what has your husband been dealing with? How long has this addiction been biting him in his butt, so to speak? Mm-hmm. So have you had a disclosure? No. Um, I, I believe it's been going on our entire marriage because now that I know, I'm like, oh, that's what that was and mm-hmm. that's what that was and all that. But, no, I haven't had a full disclosure. I try to ask him, like, how long has this been going on? How often do you do it? Because I'm trying to decide, like, because he'll say, I don't have an addiction. I'm not at that point that you think I am. So I'm trying to figure out, is he, is it an addiction or is it just, like a mild use, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I haven't had a full disclosure. I, he says I have, but I don't. Right. He says he told me everything. Well, and that's true, and he may have, but it's like when somebody has a full therapeutic disclosure, a CSAT, a certified sex addiction therapist, um, provides the structure so that they can actually get that done. Now, an abstract professional will, too, and that's, of course, a partner-sensitive therapist. But, you know, make sure they get the entire timeline. That may start from when he first saw pornography, or it may be from the first time he met you. You get to decide. And then after that occurs, you create questions that you give his therapist or the person that's guiding him, and they make sure that all your questions are answered. And then, last but not least, he gets a polygraph uh, examination so that it helps him to really, really, really come clean, and it helps you to really, really, really know that he's probably telling the truth. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one of the first things that I believe I would recommend make him do this if he doesn't want to. And mm-hmm. and yet it really is for you because you deserve to know the truth, the entire truth, if you want that. The second mm-hmm. thing is that, you know, he said he hadn't been on that website. And yet when you how did you exactly see what came up? You started doing some investigating or something popped up in his feed? Um, I started doing investigating. I uh, it, was, it was kind of weird. I just knew he had been doing stuff, so I started investigating. And then I actually, like, like I Googled what sites should I be looking for. So I Googled, okay, what, what are live webcam sites so I can know. And so that came up. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go to that website and check it out and see if I can see if he has a subscription. So I just voluntarily went to the website, put his username and password in that I know he generally uses, and it popped up. Well, I guarantee you there is no way that could happen um, without him having created that profile. So. I get that he's denying that he did that, mm-hmm. and and he's doing it for two reasons. He's doing it because he doesn't want to hurt you, and he's mm-hmm. doing it because, here's the bad news, he wants to con- continue doing what he wants to do when he wants to do it. That is mm-hmm. addiction. And so 
he may be convincing, but mm-hmm. tell me what, Sorry. yeah, I hear that, but I want you to trust your gut because I tell partners that they need to decide what do they think about the situation. And I'm just going to have you go through this exercise with me. Have you seen my um, book, Unleashing Your Power, uh, Moving Beyond? Okay, well, it is about moving through the stages of partner betrayal. And it has something, it has an exercise called the head, heart, and gut. And here's how it works. When you have a situation that you're trying to figure out, you do three things. You ask yourself, what do I intellectually believe? What do I think? And that's the head. And so when you found the porn uh, web chat site and his Mm -hmm. name was in there and his password, Mm -hmm. what was your thought? What did you think about that? I thought he created an account. Okay. So that's what you thought. He created the account. Now, when you had that thought and you found that site and it had his name and his common password, how did you feel? That's the heart part, head, heart, and gut. So how did you feel? Um, I felt really sad and angry and disgusted and sick, I guess. Okay. Now, the emotional part of that is that you felt sad and angry. Physically, mm-hmm. you ended up being disgusted and sick. Disgust is yeah. also a feeling, it's, but it's under the, the heading of anger. When you're disgusted, you're mm-hmm. angry. So mm-hmm. which one most of all, because I always ask my partners, pick your primary feeling. Do you feel more anger than sadness or more sadness than anger? Probably more anger. Okay. So now give that a voice. I felt angry because. Angry because he deceived me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or is deceiving me. Mm-hmm. Good, good catch. Is deceiving you. Uh-huh. Because if he's still lying to you, even about that, he is not either emotionally mature enough to come clean or he's too afraid of the repercussions of coming clean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you felt angry and um, disgusted about that. And then what does your gut believe? What does it know? And I'm going to ask you, you know, the gut is really your intuition, It is that knowing inside of you that when you don't have facts, you still know that something is wrong. So what did Mm -hmm. your gut say when you discovered the website with his name and his password on it? Um, That he definitely did it. Okay. So you had a, a real knowing that you were dealing with somebody who was an addict, and he had deceived you. And he was, you know, web chats are are absolute positively cheating infidelity. You know, obviously, you've got massage parlors where they touch each other's bodies, but typically Mm -hmm. in massage parlors, she touches his. 
you have prostitutes where there is a transactional uh, experience with sex. And then with chat, obviously, are when they can watch each other, um, provide sexual experiences, and he has to pay for that. Mm-hmm. And so he was cheating on you. And when you think, oh, my gosh, my husband is cheating on me, how do you feel? Um, heartbroken. Okay. I, I can understand that. And so that is really sad, right? Because I'm going to keep it to the basic five, anger, sadness, loneliness, fear, or happiness. We know it's not happy. So is it more heartbroken and sad, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I believe. I don't know if he's a sex addict. Um, a sex addiction is very compulsive. They can't stop, right? They mm-hmm. they are they want to stop sometimes. They even try to stop, but they can't stop. Um, mm-hmm. And here's the bad news: if it's sex addiction, it gets worse and worse and worse. Which, of course, mm-hmm. means if you started looking at Playboys or, you know, Hustler or whatever, that morphs into videos or computerized, you know, um, transactions, pornography. And mm-hmm. then eventually, if somebody has a compulsivity, they look for something else, something more mm-hmm. stimulating, and that's oftentimes where web chats come into play. They don't really feel mm-hmm. like they're cheating on you because they just kind of scrolled down, found a woman, gave a call, put in their credit card, and they don't know her. She doesn't know him, and don't, they may never meet again. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to ask you, um, did you do your did you do your due diligence to understand about this website and what it offered? Um, yes. Yeah. I think so. I think I understand. Um, but I know it didn't matter because he said that that did not happen and he did not do that. Mm-hmm. Now, I hate to tell you, but now people in recovery say, well, you know what an addict is, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it is a person that's in denial. He doesn't even know he's lying to himself let alone to another. So he may say, okay, I did it, but this was not that big of a deal, and I'm not doing it every day, and it is not a problem, and blah, 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 blah. And then pretty soon they've convinced themselves that what they were doing wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Does he have anything in his life that helps to remind him that when he looks at pornography or when he does web chatting that it is wrong? In my knee, to oh. remind him, I would say. Okay. And does his counselor, even though he or she is not a CSAT, I think, did you say it was a woman? Um, the one he was seeing prior uh-huh. was a man. And no, she wasn't, or he wasn't a CSAT. And um, according to my husband, he did talk about the porn mm-hmm. stuff, but I don't know how deep he went. Okay. You know, I do this weird thing. I absolutely 100% believe in it. And so I'm teasing tongue-in-cheek when I say weird. I now, when I'm notified by an addict or his wife who wants me to see her husband, 
I say, I want to see you both. I want to see you both the first time. And do you know why I do that, Sarah? No. I do it because I want to hear his story. I want to hear your story. And I want, mm-hmm. I want you both to have a little psychoeducation about how to proceed so that if you never see me again, you'll know that I said, oh, boy, he probably needs to get himself to some meetings that support his looking at porn, you know, something like, have you ever heard of Sex Addicts Anonymous? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you heard of Sexaholics Anonymous? Um, not exactly, no. Well, there are two different 12-step groups. One believes that you can't lust, which um, – Sex Addicts Anonymous calls it objectification. Um, and Sexaholics Anonymous actually believes that, really, if you're a sex addict, you can never masturbate again because you can't masturbate and not think about pornography. You've already locked it in your brain, and you've got all those images anytime you want. Um, yeah. Has he told you that he would stop using pornography? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And, and he tells me he's trying. Okay. That so. um, he probably is. Almost every person I've ever met that has a problem, they really do try. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will you stay with him if he looks at porn? You know, this is just between you and me. He doesn't even know you're saying this. Um, if it continues, no. Because of the damage I've seen that it's done in our marriage. Okay. Okay. So you will not stay with them. And you got kids? I have one daughter, 17, almost 17. Okay. So the good news is she is obviously um, on her way out of the house at some point. So this won't be quite as painful if you have to do it. Uh, Okay. So now I'm going to I'm going to go back to the original problem. When you did some exploring, investigating, um when you played um Columbo, did you find anything else? Um not at this time. I mean, I do find in like his website data some things for Twitter and different things, but um we had discussed that Twitter was not allowed, and so we, like, on his phone, there's a thing where he can't go to it on his phone mm-hmm. without a passcode that I have, um, but somehow it was ending up in his website data, so I don't know if he's figured out a way around it, or according to him, like, you know, you can go to a different website, and then there's a pop-up, and then that's how it shows, because these, like, cookies aren't actually where you've been, I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out, if that's true or not. I can't really figure that out. So just a little bit of things like that. Like, um, I forget the other site. There was, like, two sites where I'm like, oh, looks like you've been on these sites. So. Okay. But nothing else major. But he did admit when um, I said, when we confronted about the OnlyFans, he said, I have been looking at porn lately. He has been struggling with a lot of mental health things lately, mm-hmm. and he has been trying different um, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicines, and it's kind of been making him way worse, mm-hmm. and he's been 
getting more recluse and stuff, and so he's blaming it on, um, you know, where he's been mentally, and that's why he's messed up. But he did admit that he has been doing it lately. Mm-hmm. And see, the truth of the matter is all that very well may be true, but the brain mm-hmm. science of addiction says as long as he's keeping the gateways open for pornography, he's going to end up wanting more and more and more. That is addiction. It's kind of like somebody who gets hooked on Coke, even if they take breaks, even if they only Mm -hmm. do it a little bit, they will eventually go back and do more of it and actually end up using more than they were at the time they took the break. And that's why I want you to understand about brain science because now his brain is controlling him. And you think that he's trying to control himself. Has he been to any of those 12-step groups? No. He has an appointment with a CSAT and the A, whatever other thing that is that you mentioned um, on Friday. Yeah. Both of those things, and it's on Friday. Okay. And... His or her first name only would be what? Um, the therapist. Yeah, I think is her name. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you contacted me and I said, you know, send me some questions that you would like me to answer, one of your questions was about boundaries. And you wondered if you had acceptable boundaries because in actuality, One of your boundaries was that you were not going to speak to him if he couldn't be honest and respectful to you. And Mm -hmm. many days without speaking, Mm -hmm. and then you broke down because you thought, I don't know that I can enforce this boundary forever, and he's getting so mad that it's almost not worth it to have the boundary. Is that true? Well, actually, I, I broke down because my house felt like a war zone, and so I did mm-hmm. tell him, um, I said, I need you to leave because I can't live like this, um, so I need you to be honest or I need you to leave. And that was and a good then, choice. That was a very good choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. That backfired in my face because um, originally he said he would leave by noon the next day, and mm-hmm. so by noon the next day it turned into – yelling and screaming, I'm not leaving, you'll have to call the cops to get me out. I don't have family around here um, or anywhere really to go. He does. But turned into, okay, I can't really enforce that. Um, So I told him then um, my boundary would be that he has to get into a C-spat and he has to uh, get an accountability person and he has to tell me who that is. Um, and we went back and forth through fighting and talking and fighting and talking, and we kind of ended up on kind of making amends, like where we're civil together. He's back in the bed for the most part, but I told him I would not have any kind of relations with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're talking, we're kind of having a sense of normalcy. He has the appointment on Friday. I'm letting him talk to her first before he decides on who his accountability person is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we we are there. Um, but he's still holding on to he did not create this account. And I'm starting to wonder if 
because he's, he's so sincere and he seems like now I'm starting to wonder, like, I feel like maybe he's telling the truth. He is not telling the telling. truth, Sarah. He is That's not. So I know, I know, but I am glad that you created a boundary that you felt like you can enforce, which is get yourself to a CSAT. Um, mm-hmm. Because the truth of the matter is if you went to another counselor and, well, if he went to another counselor and he said, yeah, my wife thinks I have a problem and she wants me to get an accountability buddy and she's making sure she wants to know who it is. And somebody else might say, your wife is pushy and controlling and you need to get out of that marriage. But, but anybody who works with addiction knows that this is not only an individual pornography problem, but it is also a relational problem. And what he's doing to the relationship is not right. And so you have every right to help him come up with something that makes you feel safe. So good job on the accountability, buddy. Great job on the CSAT. You're getting in with a specialist. Now, if that mm-hmm. specialist in any way threw you under the bus, mm-hmm. I would say I'm going to call him Robert. I hope his name isn't Robert. Robert, no. I um, I want to see your CSAT for one session. Um, I want to I want to give him or her some information so that they have my point of view as well as my concerns. So as they help you, it'll help me. And that is absolutely mm-hmm. acceptable. And actually, it's the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did talk to his um, counselor because I called to see if she had any availability before I even um, told him who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did ask if I could be involved some, and she did say periodically she would have me in. I love that. Okay, good, good, good. Cause I can tell you love your husband and he loves you. But as long as he stays in that denial and he's lying, Uh, Mm -hmm. That will affect three things. One is it will affect his sense of self-esteem because he will know he's lying and he won't like himself for that, which will then affect his recovery because you can't be in recovery and be, you you can't lie. You've got to be 100% honest. So he's got to do that for his own recovery. And then... Mm -hmm your relationship has really crumbled. And so to rebuild that trust for you, you're going to have to have him be honest. Now, you can't control that. You can't make him be honest. But you already have a good idea of what's going on. And now that your eyes are wide open, you can continue to know what to think, what to believe, and how to feel. Now, I know I just heard you say you're already backpedaling on should you believe him or not? Don't go into denial like him. Addicts go into denial, and and Patrick Carnes, the guru of sex addiction who trains all of us, said keep breaking their denial. Even an addict in recovery will go into denial, break that denial. And so when I work with couples, I'm breaking his denial, but I'm also breaking yours 
because you can yeah. go in denial with him in wanting to give him, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. You can't do that until you know he's clean and sober for a couple of years. Yeah. A couple years. Yeah. Um, yeah. You did, I, you did mention um, the polygraph. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that to him, and he says he, he will do it. I might have to go down that road. Well, make sure that, you know, I can't, I don't want to out you in terms of give too much identifying information, but um, make sure whoever the polygraph is with, call him or her and find out if they have dealt with sex addiction before. Secondly, ask if you can go to the first examination. Um, All my partners, they go to the exam, they sit out in the waiting room, they actually are already greeted by the examiner, they wait very patiently, then when the examination is done, she is invited in to see the results and to hear the results, and then, um, with permission from him, he will email you uh, the results so that you can remember what questions you asked in case you have to do this again. And see, my belief is if he does have an addiction, which I'm going to tell you I trust my gut 100%, and I can't say whether he does or he doesn't. I've never seen him, but my gut is saying, oh, yes, he's got a porn addiction. It's already moved into web chatting. And if we don't get it stopped now, he'll end up going to a massage parlor. He'll have some affair partners. or, You know, this can go on and on and on. So... We want him to have some tools that actually help him stay on the right side of the road. And um, there's nothing wrong with with creating tools that may make him feel controlled, but they're really there to help him. Does that? Yeah. Does, do you get that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I do. Well, we are nearing the end of the show, and I was going to ask you what other questions you have for me today. Um, hmm. I guess I'm just um, wondering still in the boundaries of, like, where I'm at right now, since it's clear he's still lying to me every day that we talk about it. Um, am, am I being too soft? Am I, do I need to do more boundaries? I don't know what to do. Here's what I, I believe. I think you need to write out your boundaries. And there is a, she's the boundary guru, Vicki Tidwell Palmer. She's a CSAT, and she also does boundary courses. And she even has one for free. So just Google her. Her website will come up. I even think her website has her name in it. Um, Write out your boundaries. And then while he's getting to know his CSAT, he may not be able to be truthful. I know that one of the questions you had asked me in your email is, how do I trust, even in counseling, that he's telling the whole truth? Do I need the whole truth, or should I just focus on recovery? Mm-hmm. I don't know an addict who tells the whole truth. And mm-hmm. I suspect your husband it will just now be starting recovery. 
And so he doesn't have the skills or the tools to really know how to tell the truth. So hopefully the CSAT will help him with that. Mm-hmm. So when you say, how do I know if he is? I'll tell you right now, he won't. But hopefully he's working in that direction. And you two have been together a long time. So let's give us some time. I would say a year, believe it or not, a year. And then you said, do I need to know the whole truth? Well, 100% you do. But if you have to wait a year, that's going to be hard for you. So what resources are out there for you to help you cope with what's going on in your life? Um, Actually, through your one of your podcasts, Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned Jennifer Cole um, as the coach. So when you said you weren't doing coaching anymore, I did go to her and I started with her. I've had one session with her so far, so. Okay, well, I've got to tell you, and you make sure to tell her, too. You've got one of the best coaches in the world. So you are on the right track. I am thrilled that you're getting to see Jen Coles. She has um, a website called Donning Hearts, B-A-W-N-I-N-G, Hearts, and she's very, very, very good. And then... um, She'll probably either connect you to her own group or to some 12-step groups or support groups, hopefully free, because you're already spending some money on Jen, um, Mm -hmm. that can support you through this. I'm going to give you a site that I think is amazing. And maybe you've heard it on one of my podcasts, but it's We, W-E, Tonglen, capital T-O-N-G-L-E-N. And they, they're like an encyclopedia of resources for partners to, um, to be, you know, safe and, and to be resourced. So that's what I would say is I would start, I would start going to some really um, good sites so that you get good information. And um, you, you went to Jen, great job. She's going to help you to know. When do you focus on you? When do you focus on his recovery? When do you focus on intentional self-care? And, you know, I'm a believer that, oh, here's the tough part. I'm I'm a believer that until you get a disclosure and until he has 90 days sobriety from pornography, you can't really do early couples recovery work. Not couples therapy. You definitely can't do that for a year or two. But it's something we call early recovery couples work. Um, I created a program called ERCM, and that's E-R-C-E-M, and that stands for Early Recovery Couples Empathy Model, and it's how to work with you both together. Have you seen my book, Help Her Heal? I have seen it, but, no, I, I just started this journey of resources, mm-hmm. but I haven't really dived into anything yet. Well, that's a book for him to develop empathy to help you heal. And I just finished this weekend, submitted the manuscript and everything, help them heal. And so be on the lookout for that book. It probably won't get here until after the beginning of the year. But it's for couples to do the work to get stronger um, because she's got to develop a lot of empathy for you. So 
I'm going to tell, if I can, because we have to end, but I'm going to tell my listening audience kind of a cute story about you. May I? <laughs> yes. All right. So understandably, I told her she could call me and we'd talk, and it'd be like she'd get a free consultation with one of the premier therapists and coaches in the world. That's me. And so about eight minutes till, I just got done with my clinical hour that ends at 10 till, and I see she has an email, and she's like, I might want to back out of this. I might be nervous. And I hope I didn't pressure you, but I said, um, no. I'll make it easy. I, I wanted to say it's like two girlfriends talking, but I, I thought, no, I'm a little bit more um, instructional than that. And so what Sarah said to me is, I will be there. I made a commitment. I won't let you down. So, Sarah, thank you so much for holding true to your commitment and having integrity. And I hope I answered some of your questions, and I hope you enjoyed your free session today. Yes, you did. Thank you so much. Um, you just you helped me kind of get out of my denial I was going into. So I know, and that's you. painful. So you make sure to get yourself into a free support group like Ethanon while you're working with Jen and get more support because this is not a quick fix. This is kind of a long journey. And I want you to have as many tools to take care of you as you can, okay? Yes, thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for showing up and being you. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. So, again, that was a woman who knew what she needed, and there is no doubt that she was asking for what she wanted. She, she actually emailed me uh, a question from my website, and those weren't even supposed to be on anymore, and I'm like, I got it like, Sunday morning at 5 a.m., and I was going to wait till Monday. I think it was my day. Maybe it wasn't. And No, it was. It was my birthday on top of it last Sunday, and I just basically, she said, I haven't heard from you. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry. I, you, you just sent it to me at 154. It showed up at 520, and I didn't tell her. It's my birthday, and I said, and it's Sunday, so I wasn't able to get with you. For any of you out there, if you want to be on the show, I'd love to have you on. I would love to answer the questions that you have. Invite your husband. Come talk to me together. Uh, For Sarah, she she did the Zoom, but she stayed blacked out. Um, Not that I was recording it, but that way I usually – that way I can see her and she can see me and we won't step on each other, which we have a tendency to do on the phone. But she was good enough that she could see when I stopped talking and then she started and she could see when I wanted to talk because I got that kind of face. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, I hope you got something out of Sarah's questions. And if you've got a question, you want to come on the show, I would love to have you. This is Sex Health with Carol the Coach, and as I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times. Fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. And we'll see you next week.